in my life. I need some new beginnings. I need some mulligans. If you know about golf, I would take plenty of those. I'm not much of a, a golfer. Um, amen. <laughs> As my dad can, can testify. But we need fresh starts. And there's a little book in the Old Testament that we often overlook. I think the name gives it a bad rap. Lamentations. It doesn't, it doesn't sound good from the beginning. It's a, a lament. But about three chapters in, there's a verse that you may have heard of. And we sang it when I was growing up as, as a child, but it talks about the mercies of the Lord being new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. It, uh, I don't know if they sang it at your church, but it, like that last part was like, uh, how did it go? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. That was the song that we Saying. And so the New Year's, it's a chance to reflect. It's a chance to uh, mourn, maybe, from last year. It's a chance to just kind of recalibrate as we, as we go forward and, and look forward. Because um, I, I wonder, like I didn't set a whole lot of resolutions this year, but I do wonder what 2019 has for me. Like what does it have for this church? What does it have for you? Uh, what, what does tomorrow have in store for you? Is it just another year, just another day, just another going through the same to-do list, it's just another same old, same old year. Like some of us don't set resolutions because we've done it in the past and then like we don't keep them a week later and things don't ever get any better, there's no change. And so we're just like, it's just going to be the same old, same old, same old. Um, and so I, I meet a lot of people who have a long list of like of their to-do list and their half to-dos. Uh, this week I was listening to the radio, just driving in the car and the DJ was lamenting ironically, about the holidays being over. Like there'd be nothing left to look forward to. And I was like, oh, that's, that's pretty terrible. Uh, and especially in light of the fact that the moniker for the station is called the party. Like where, where is the party in, in the party? Uh, but for some people, they just see life and every day is just going through the same old, same old. And you get up at the same old time. You shut off the same old alarm clock, get out of the same old bed, you go in the same old bathroom, Look in the same old mirror, see the same old face. Go into the kitchen, get that same old bowl of cereal, eat that same cereal, uh, kiss that. Oh, it went off right at the good time. <laughs> I appreciate that. Because this, this is not my story. This is just what some people, how some people, uh, let me make sure I lose my battery there. That's good. That won't be on the recorded. That's good. Thank you, Jesus. Save me. Uh, but just the same old, like we get in the same old car, or the same old bus, down that same old road to that same old job. The same old co-workers and that same old boss telling that same old corny New Year's joke. I haven't seen you since last year. <laughs> Work is over. Same, same old trip home. Same old dinner. Cold TV dinner. Go into that same old chair, sit down, watch the same old TV show, Netflix show. The same old time, you fall asleep, then you get up, go into that same old bed, set that same old alarm clock, and it is just the same old, same old. Like, I don't know if, if that's how you're approaching 2019. I hope not. That is not how I want to go through 2019. And I think, um, unfortunately, that many people live like that, though. Just kind of going, going through the motions but we only get one shot at this, right? We only get one shot. And, and I believe by God's design, there are things that we get to do and even the things that we have to do. Like there are to-do lists, things that have to be done. But even those things can be things that we get to do 
with a little different perspective. And uh, for the last bit of 2018, we're going through the book of Acts on Sundays. And we're going to pick that back up after February. February, we'll do some, uh, some services around Black History Month, concluding with our second annual Soul Food, Soul Food Sunday at the end of February. Um, but in the book of Acts, it has become clear that every follower of Jesus has been called and sent by Jesus to alert others to the kingdom of God. Like that is the call of all of us. And that alone should cure us of the same old, same old, knowing that we have been called to something glorious, something greater. And, and our goal in starting the Hills Church wasn't just to start a Sunday service, like to gather people. Um, I mean, this is a part of, of what we do and it's important, but that wasn't the goal. The goal was to, to be a movement that involves all of God's people. And uh, if you needed a little bit of a reminder, Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And this was months ago when we went through Acts chapter 2. But it said, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. In Acts chapter 8, uh, the church has uh, just seen its first martyr. Stephen has been martyred. And it says, on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church, and all except the apostles were scattered. And then down at verse 4, it says, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. And so the Hills Church and any church is not supposed to be just made up of uh, providers and consumers. Like that is not the intention of, of Jesus when he has called all of us to be part of this. Um, and when you look in the book of Acts, it, it wasn't because they had a grand mission strategy that the gospel went out to the ends of the earth. It was because everybody was taking the gospel with them, neighbor to neighbor, in the marketplace, wherever they went, they were taking this good news with them. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to get practical. Like, what are some rhythms? What are some, some beats that we can get in our lives that would allow us to live that out and, and to maybe forsake the same old, same old? Like, what does God have for us this year? And before we started meeting here at the Dahlia campus about uh, 15 months ago, we met in our house every other week for, I don't know, nine months to a year. And we talked about, like, what kind of church are we going to be? And there was 15 to 20 of us. And we talked about these same rhythms. And so for the next few weeks, if you were part of that house church, this might sound familiar. That's okay. It was two years ago. You probably forgot anyway. All right. Uh, but we're going to talk about these rhythms that we need in our lives. What kind of beats do we need in our lives to avoid the same old, same old? And that first rhythm is a rhythm of preparation, of preparing ourselves for what God wants to do and and I believe God wants to use each of us this year uh, to be part of his gospel movement, but it won't happen by accident. Like just because we want it to happen or wishing it to happen, uh, we have to uh, prepare. We have to catch the beat of God. So how do we do that? Well, prayer and fasting. Like there is no shortcut, no, no shortcut and specifically fasting. I didn't think I'd get any amens there. I didn't, uh, the voluntary denial of food. Who's with me? All right, by myself. Uh, uh, so fasting, so thinking about your, your walk with God and, and your journey, has, has fasting been part of the, the Christian communities that you've been a part of? Like, was that something people did? Or was it something that was, was taught? Sometimes it is, some, some churches it is, some it is not. But, and some of you are like, fasting, Matthew, I have no idea what you're talking about. What is fasting? Well, I'm going to answer that. I'm glad you asked. 
There's a couple, couple definitions of, of what fasting is. I think we'll have them up on the screen here. But it's a voluntary abstinence from food for spiritual purposes. Another definition is the voluntary denial of a normal function for the sake of intense spiritual activity. Another definition, abstaining from anything innocent of itself in order to grow more spiritually or or serve God more effectively. And fasting is a God-ordained form of self-denial. Woo! All right. Rejoicing. Uh, so there's different types of fasting. Just, just briefly, I want to give an overview and then we'll talk about like, why we fast. Like, what is the purpose? There are different types of fast. There are the standard fast, water only. So no food, just drinking water for a period of time, maybe a day, maybe 10 days, maybe 30 days. It gets harder the longer you go. An absolute fast. I've never done that. That's no food, no water. Uh, and some of these, like the absolute fast, I would uh, advise some caution if we're going to do that. Like get some, get some medical insight before you start something like that. A partial fast. That's where you restrict certain foods and drinks. So maybe uh, during that fast, you're not eating any meat. Like you're going to cut out something of your, your diet. Uh, the next type is an intermittent fast. I'm not so much worried about the, uh, the types of food you're eating as the times when you're eating. And so intermittent fast, like maybe you're just eating lunch every day for a period of days, or maybe uh, just fasting one day a week in, instead of like a, long, a longer period of time. It's an intermittent fast. A soul fast. A soul fast. You're like, Matthew, what is a soul fast? And is, and is it in the Bible? What well, is? In fact, in the New Testament, Paul, he talks to married couples and said, for a period of time, to devote yourself to the Lord, it is okay to abstain from sex within marriage. Some of you are like, I didn't know I was fasting, <laughs> but that's the way my marriage is. That's a different sermon series. That is a different sermon series, all right? Uh, it's just supposed to be a period of time. <laughs> Where was I? I don't even know. But that is the biblical example of abstaining from something for a period of time to devote yourself more fully to the Lord. And, and so, uh, so sex would be something for married couples. Another, maybe a hobby. Maybe social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe TV or, or Netflix. No binging for a time of, of the year. Or video games. You're like, Matthew, you're not preaching now. You're meddling. You're starting to meddle. Uh, maybe, it's the, uh, maybe it's the old smartphone. Just, maybe it's not social media, but you just have a habit every We'll talk about that in a, a few minutes. So the Bible doesn't give clear guidelines on what a fast should look like. It just assumes that believers are going to fast. Like Jesus said, when you fast. It's not, not if you fast, it's a, a when you, you fast. And um, in our, our society, I mean, we, fasting is not uh, held in high regard. Like denying yourself, that is not something the American culture values. I mean, we have uh, pizza temples and shrines to the golden arches, right? Uh, fasting seems out of place and out of step with the times. And, uh, and even in the church, uh, it's becoming, I feel like it's coming back into a spiritual practice and spiritual discipline. But there was a period of about 100 years from the mid-1800s to the mid-1900s where there was not a single book written on fasting, a period of about 90 years. 
had, I mean, like, just wasn't, it wasn't talked about. And, um, and I think the, the lack of emphasis on fasting is maybe for two reasons, maybe for a couple reasons. I'm going to go three reasons. I just made up a new one. Uh, one, it's hard, <laughs> right? It's, it's not easy, fasting, denying ourselves. Another reason is I think uh, back in the, in the Middle Ages, the, the focus of the church was on such a, uh, like a, an ascetic lifestyle where you deny yourself all the time and like self-flagellation. If anybody remembers about 15 years ago, uh, the Da Vinci Code, like there was a guy, one of the main characters, um, and part of his religion was his faith was to beat himself, like taking on penance. And so uh, the church kind of swung the other way, like, no, that's not right. I mean, there's, we, it's, Jesus took all of our punishment for us. Like that is not a way to get right with God. And so I think there was a, a, the pendulum has swung the other way. Uh, but the other reason I think, and it's probably more likely, is that the, the, the prevailing philosophy of American culture is that it is a positive virtue to satisfy absolutely every human passion. Let me say that again. It is, it is a virtue of Americans to satisfy absolutely every human passion. And if you're telling me fasting, I'm, I'm denying myself, like that is out of step with American culture. And unfortunately, with a lot of churches where uh, the theology has become like God wants you to always be, uh, to live in comfort and affluence and happy and healthy. And we have whole uh, churches and, and denominations who are built around like God wants you to be comfortable. Now, I don't think God wants you to be unhappy. Like there is, there is a joy in serving the Lord, but, but the, uh, the point of Jesus is not so we're happy. It's so that we're like him and what, what he did on, on the cross. And so uh, fasting as a spiritual discipline has had tough sledding in our days. But if we look at Scripture and see all the people in Scripture who, who fasted, it's like a who's who in Scripture. We'll just start at the top. I'm going big. Jesus. Jesus fasted. That's the end of the sermon. Let's pray. Uh, and he fasted. At the beginning of his ministry, 40 days, he went to the wilderness, and it was a time of preparation. It was a time of getting ready for God to, to use him, God the Father to use him as he wanted him uh, and to be obedient to him. Moses fasted. Hannah, she prayed for a child. David on several occasions. Elijah, after his victory over the prophets of Baal. Ezra, when he was mourning Israel's faithlessness. Nehemiah, when he was preparing to go back to Israel. Esther, when God's people were threatened with extermination. Daniel, on numerous occasions. The people of Nineveh, when Jonah came, the people of Nineveh and the animals fasted. Involuntary, no doubt. Uh, because of God's impending judgment upon Nineveh. Paul, when he came, when the, the, had the Damascus Road experience, he fasted. When the early church uh, when they gathered together, they fasted and prayed. They heard from God, we're going to talk about it. And then they uh, were sent out into the first missions, uh, like sanctioned missions venture of, of the church. They fasted. Paul fasted when they appointed elders in the church. So we have the, the biblical example, Christians through history. I mean, all the way back to the first century, we have these, uh, these writings of, of Christian, in Christian history, the, uh, the Didache and the shepherd of Hermes, and Tertullian, and later on Thomas Aquinas, Martin Luther, John Calvin, all practiced and taught fasting. And I mean, are you getting the point? Like fasting, fasting. We should be about fasting. Like, okay, Matthew, I get it. We should fast, but what's the purpose? Like, why? 
Why would we be fasting? So I'm going to just go through a couple of common reasons we see in Scripture of fasting and and the purpose of of fasting. Um, And the first one, and I want to spend most of my time on this morning, is to strengthen our ability to turn our attention to the Lord. To strengthen our ability to to turn our attention to the Lord. In Daniel chapter 9, Daniel says, I, Daniel, understood from Scriptures uh, that the desolation, that was the destruction, of Jerusalem would last seven years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition in fasting in sackcloth and ashes. So it has this idea of, of, of turning our attention to the Lord. Like our attention goes all kinds of places, doesn't it? Like in our lives, we've got a lot of things going on, jobs and family and relationship. And the, there's just sometimes where we need to stop and turn our attention to the Lord. We turn it up a notch. Uh, I was reading an old book on mighty prevailing prayer was the name of the book. And the, the author said that fasting, the goal is to disentangle oneself for a time from one's environment. I like that picture, disentangle. Like we are tangled up. Uh, Dallas Willard said, fasting confirms our utter dependence upon God by finding in him a source of sustenance beyond food. And so if I had to say, like, what is the goal of fasting? It's to draw near to God. It's like to take a a period of time and draw near to God, eliminate distractions. And the problem is, is that we're distracted all the time. And we are addicted to our distractions often. I mean, we can't even watch TV anymore. Just watch TV. Like you're watching TV and you're on your phone, right? Come on, I'm not the only one. Or you're, or you're talking on the phone or you're texting someone, but you got the computer going over here. You got this kind of show going, like multiple distractions going on. Ironically, as I was preparing today, I was just doing some research, trying to find some numbers and different online articles. And if it took me more than 30 seconds to finish the article, I got to just close it and went on to the next article. Like beyond 30 seconds, I was, it lost my attention, right? Um, and there, there are many benign things that are incredibly effective at keeping us distracted. Like when on Netflix, when a show's over, what happens? Autoplay. Autoplay. Instagram, do you ever get to the bottom? It's a bottomless feed. Facebook, it's the same, it's on purpose to keep you there. The the notifications that we get. There was a, a report put out by Nielsen that said Americans devote more than 10 hours a day to screen time, 10 hours a day. And the report concluded that out of 168 hours in a week, like I didn't need the report for that 168 hours in a week, but it said that we spend more than 50 of those hours with devices. So I did, I'm just going to put up a couple things here. So you work week, about 40 hours, you sleep seven hours a night, personal care, so eating, uh, bathing, getting ready for the day, you know, 21 hours, screens, 50 hours, so if you did the math, let's see, carry the one. Eight hours left for family, for hobbies, for learning, for reading, for exercising, for God. Basically, there's not much time left because we are continually distracted. We are distracted. I mean, how many, I'm just harping on the phone for a minute. It's easy, right? But how many times a day do you think you unlock your phone? How many times? 
Too many. Can I get a witness? Uh, the, the average number of, of smartphone users, the average number a year, 10,000 times. That is once every nine waking minutes of your life. Checking. Uh, nothing, nothing's changed. The world's still going. <laughs> Nobody commented on my post. Now I'm upset. Uh, I mean, there, there are apps. Like, and I've had one uh, that, help, that monitor your phone usage, that tell you how many times you open your phone. Uh, apps like, it's called Space. Or uh, there's another one, that, the app Detox or Digital Diet. Maybe we need a digital detox to start the year. Maybe we need. So at the end, I'm going to have you come up and bring your phones, and we're going to burn them. <laughs> I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> going old school. <laughs> but fasting, we turn our attention to the Lord. And that is one of the primary reasons we fast. Another reason we fast is when we face a great challenge or obstacle in our life. Like you are facing something that you cannot overcome yourself and you, you have nowhere else to turn, like it's time to, to fast. That's what happened in Second Chronicles. It says, some men came and told Jehoshaphat, the king, a vast army is coming up against you from Edom. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for everybody, for all of Judah. The people came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Uh, so that's another reason. Like we just, God, I, I need something. I need something, God. I got nowhere else to turn. I'm turning to you. Another reason for fasting we see in Scripture is to be, recept- to be receptive to direction and wisdom from God. To be receptive to direction and wisdom from God. We see this in Acts 13, Acts uh, 14. Uh, I think there's sometimes God wants to speak to us. We're just not listening. Like He, he does not have our ear. And I'm speaking like towards myself. I, like, I, I'm, I'm a doer. I'm not much of a, a sit-down, contemplative person. It's hard, for, it's hard to check off prayer and fasting like on, on the list and to see it make, it make a difference. And so my, my tendency, my leanings are to forsake it. And, and there may be something that God wants to do through you this year that you might miss out on if you're not listening for his voice, if we're not preparing our hearts. So in Acts chapter 13, it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. So we want to, we want to be able to hear what God, God is saying. Another reason for fasting we see in scripture is to strengthen our spiritual appetites and longing for him. And on the opposite side is to bring our sinful nature into submission. Basically, that's saying yes to God, no to myself. Is an easy way of putting that. Yes to God, no to myself. Um, Galatians 6 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reap, reaps what he sows. Sometimes we're surprised, like the things that come out of our life that's, that aren't good. Like, where did that come from? Well, what have you been sowing into your life? What have we been sowing? And if we're, we're sowing one thing and we're expecting to reap something else, but if we will sow in fasting and, and prayer, 
the verse goes on to say, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we do not give up. Uh, There's one pastor who said, fasting remedies by intensifying the earnestness of our prayer and saying with our whole body what prayer says with our heart. I long to be satisfied in God alone. Like it's not prayer is a heart thing. Fasting is the whole body. Like God, I'm longing for you and you alone. Uh, now, I don't like fasting. Confessions of a pastor. If any, I don't like. I don't know anybody's like. All right, this week fasting. Woo-hoo! Like it's exciting. But it, it is saying no to ourselves. It's not. It's not like. Uh, the self-penance, where we're, we're beating our, ourselves. We don't fast so God will forgive us. Our, our reconciliation with God is complete in Christ Jesus and His finished work on the cross, and we can't add to that. But when we fast, we are starving that old sinful nature that likes to come up. We're, we're starving our sinful nature so that God can do what He wants to do in our lives. A fifth reason for fasting. How much time I got? I'm all right. Uh, A fifth reason is to humble ourselves. Psalm 35, I put on sackcloth and humbled myself with fasting. In 1 Kings, Ahab, Ahab wasn't much of a king. Like if you know the story of Ahab, I mean, as far as following God, he didn't. And God had declared judgment upon him and upon his family. And Ahab responded when he heard these words, he tore his clothes, he put on sackcloth and fasted. He lay in sackcloth and went around meekly. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, who was the prophet. And and the Lord said, Have you noticed how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself, I will not bring this disaster in his day. We we fast as as a way to humble ourselves before God. Another reason we fast is to combat uh, spiritual opposition. Spiritual opposition. Now this one, uh, this one's a little difficult, especially depending on your, your background in the church and you talk about spiritual opposition. Sometimes people get weirded out. You mean like you mean like Satan? You mean like demons? Uh, have you ever seen anything weird spiritually? Like anything? You ever been in a situation where like the, the hairs on the back of your neck stood up? And you're like something's just not right here. Um, so in Acts chapter 19, I'm not going to go into to too much detail because we're going to get to Acts 19 later later this year. But uh, the Apostle Paul is doing incredible miracles. Demons are being cast out. And, and there's some people that see Paul casting out demons, and they want to do the same thing. And so Acts 19, it says that these other people who didn't really know Jesus, said they would go, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. So they were using this name of Jesus and Paul as their spiritual authority. And it says, one day, the evil spirit answered them. Well, that's scary. That's real scary. Jesus I know, and I know about Paul, but who are you? Some of you are ahead of me. That's good. Then the man with the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them all, and he gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. To combat spiritual opposition, there there are times in our lives where we face spiritual opposition. And will it be said about you, will your enemy say, who are you? Or will your enemy run, flee, like for Paul, 
in the name of Jesus. And if you're not prepared in that moment, you will be overwhelmed. But you're like, Matthew, I, I can never cast out demons. Why not? Prayer and, and fasting. You won't without prayer and fasting. I can guarantee you that. The, the last reason in Scripture, and this is just a brief overview. We could, we could spend an entire week going down each one of these. Uh, but the last one is for times of repentance and intercession. Just like saying, God, I, I'm sorry. God, I've, I've, I've failed. Um, Nehemiah, uh, he, he repented. And it wasn't even just a repentance for his own sins. It was for the sins of his people. That's something. He said, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of those who love him, let your ear be attentive and your eyes be open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's house, have committed against you. Hmm. There's a whole other sermon right there. Times of repentance and intercession. So here's my challenge. Beginning next Sunday, I'd like to call our church to 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I don't think you want to go through 2019. It's just the same old, same old. Like through, through the motions. And, and I, I don't. And God wants to use us in his story in this neighborhood and in this city. But we have to be prepared for that. We need God's strength. We need to humble ourselves. We need spiritual power that is not ours within ourselves. Like we just can't look inside and, and find it. We need to die to self. And so this week, I want you to pray about what 21 days of prayer and fasting would look like for you. Uh, D.L. Moody, a preacher from about 100 years ago, he said, if you say, I will fast when God lays it on my heart, you never will. You are too cold and indifferent. They used to preach back in the day, you know. So, so, so starting next Sunday, maybe I'm not asking you to fast the, uh, the uh, traditional fast, you know, just water for 21 days. If God puts it on your heart to do that, then, then please do that. But maybe it's fasting one day a week, like a, just a, a water-only fast one day a week. Maybe it's uh, fasting your smartphone. Maybe it's shutting off the, the screens for a week, which for some of us may actually be harder than giving up the food. Or maybe it's fasting a, a full day once a week and giving up your smartphone. Or maybe, it's, uh, maybe you're going to fast meat for three weeks. You're like, I'm a vegetarian. Yes. If you're a vegetarian, it doesn't count. You've got to find something else, something else to fast. Um, and I would encourage you in, in your family, in your home, like maybe it's something you, you do together, even with kids. Now, kids should probably eat. Uh, my kids will eat. But we'll, we're going to sit down and talk about, for 21 days, what are, what are something, boys, that, that, that for seeking Jesus, for getting our, our ears ready to hear what Jesus wants to say to us this year? What is it something that we can devote as a family to the Lord? We can, we can give up. And just as I conclude, a, a few just real practical, almost cautions, is that we are not fasting to twist God's arm. 
We're not on a hunger strike. A hunger strike tries to get God to submit to what we want. A fast is submitting ourselves to God. There's a big difference in our, our motivation. So we don't fast to twist God's arm. We don't fast to let other people know about how awesome we are. All right, we're not posting it on our updates. Like, ah, oh, fasted today. Uh, in fact, Jesus said, when you fast, don't, don't put on like you're fasting. Don't, don't walk around and, and beat yourself down like, oh, I'm fasting, and let everybody know. Now, that doesn't mean that a corporate fast is bad because we're going to know we're fasting. In the book of Acts, they were all fasting together. But we don't want to be legalistic. The Pharisees fasted, and they were not close to God. It didn't draw them near to God. And and some people don't fast because they're afraid of being legalistic or a hypocrite. Uh, But fasting when you don't feel like it doesn't make you a hypocrite. It makes you a disciple. Mm, Let me say it one more time. Fasting when you don't feel like it doesn't make you a hypocrite. It makes you a disciple. It makes you a disciple. Uh, Don't forget to pray in your prayer and fasting. If you're not praying, then it's just a diet. Potentially, it's fasting and praying. And so set aside specific times of prayer, set a a place, and maybe it's you're going to fast lunch, and so it's your workplace. Maybe you can go outside the building and, and walk around or Find some place to to get away for a moment to hear hear from God. In Acts chapter 13, the the early church, they were fasting and praying when they heard from God. And it would be impossible to overstate the historical importance of that moment in church history. When for the first time, they had a strategy and sent out Paul and Barnabas to to, uh, countries and areas where they had not gone before. If they had not been fasting and praying... I wonder if they would have heard at that moment, now God's going to do what God's going to do, right? But I, I wonder if it would have looked different or if God would have had to, to use somebody else. But because they were fasting and praying, they turned the world upside down. And in 250 years, Christianity became the religion of the people. In 250 years, and today, the movement that started then in Acts chapter 13 is now represented by almost 2 billion believers around the world. Because they fasted and prayed, and fasting and prayer was the launching pad for a mission that would change the course of history. So 2019, we can settle for just the same old, same old. Just kind of going through the motions, going, going to work, doing what I have to get done. Or we can prepare ourselves for what God wants to do through us this year. What God wants to do with us this year. So we just close your eyes for a moment and bow your heads. And just take a moment to think about what God may be speaking to you to fast starting next Sunday. Father, as we move into 2019, I don't want to just go through the motions, just checking off the list. But I want 
your passion and your, your desires would well up within us. For myself, for each person here, that our affections would be turned to our Savior. And that you would speak to us. Maybe uh, there's people here who have never fasted before. Or maybe it was years ago. I pray right now that you would open our hearts to hear from you. We desperately need you. So help us to put aside the distractions, those things that would separate us, that maybe not bad things, but they just have entangled us and have kept us from hearing you. And as we, we come into this new year, reveal those things to us. We need you this year. We need you, Jesus.